Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, good morning. Merry Advent. Ah, some of you thought I was going to say it. Not yet, though. Not yet, right? Here we are, fourth Sunday of Advent. We've got our, our fourth candle lit. It's going to be lit for another, like, three minutes after Mass ends. But he's doing his job. All right, so, friends, as we come to this fourth Sunday, as we come to this fourth Sunday, we pause for the briefest of moments on this fourth Sunday of Advent to contemplate... <sighs> To contemplate the moment that the Word, right, in the beginning was the Word, we contemplate the moment that the Word was whispered into creation as a little secret, into the womb of the Virgin. We pause and we contemplate this moment when she said yes. I I was thinking about how it's so striking that, that before we celebrate, before we meditate on the mystery of His birth, Before we meditate on the mystery of birth, we are invited on this fourth Sunday to meditate on the mystery of pregnancy, of conception and pregnancy. That's what we are today on this fourth Sunday. We're here, all of us are here, not to point out the obvious, but we're here because at the very beginning of our life, our mothers, right? Our mothers were the ones who were first willing to welcome us into the world. They were the first ones to welcome us into their very bodies, that we are here because we spent the first nine months of our life inside of our mothers, giving us room and space and everything we needed to grow. Like every human story, your story, my story, every human story begins as an indwelling, an interior story. We're going to hear this this weekend for the, the Christmas Gospels, while there's no room in the inn, There was room in her womb from the very beginning, that Mary was from the beginning, the one who was first hospitable to God's word, that she was the one who was first willing to let him in. The miracle of pregnancy is, it's an astounding reality. The number of things that have to go right for any pregnancy to happen, it is astronomically, medically unbelievable. And when you think about the existence or the fact that any one of us actually ever came to be, Looking at the statistics, you know, one generation, something going wrong, one generation, you know, think about your great, 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 great grandfather who dodged right instead of left when the saber-toothed tiger was jumping at him. You wouldn't be here. Like one missed spear throw and you're not here. Your family line is gone. Like statistically, none of us should exist. And yet here we are. The miracle of our very existence is an unbelievable thing. Here's something we need to consider, how in Catholic theology, the Catholic way of thinking, we believe, we believe that God's ways, I'll put it this way, Thomas Aquinas put it this way, that, that grace doesn't destroy nature, grace builds upon nature, grace perfects nature. In other words, that the ways of God's grace are resonant with, they're consonant with the ways of nature. Grace builds upon nature. That What we see happening in the iconography of creation is revealing something about how God does things in the order of grace. Grace perfects nature. Grace builds upon nature. Here's my point, what I'm trying to get at. Like when the church invites us to contemplate Mary's pregnancy, 
Whenever we think about this on the fourth Sunday of Advent, the church is inviting us to consider something that's true for each of us. It's true for each of us that if she is the archetype, if she is the archetype of redeemed humanity, if she is the image of who we are all called to be, then that means, then that means that I and you and every one of us must, like her, carry him within. If she's the image, if she's the archetype of humanity, then the mystery of her conception of the word into her womb, welcoming Jesus into her very body, must be recapitulated in some way in me and in you. Think about it this way. Like Christmas, if Christmas is about his birth, the Christian life, the Christian life, being a Christian is about God's desire to generate, his desire to generate a new kind of life within us and to bring that life to birth out into the world, right? Being a Christian, this might sound bizarre, but being a Christian is about like spiritual pregnancy. It's about spiritual pregnancy. It's about a supernatural gestation. It's about gestating the divine life, allowing Christ to grow in me, right? Like, if this causes any of us to, to, to balk or blush or to just, like, to like lean back a little bit, think I, maybe I should have gone to the 8 o'clock mass, right? <laughs> Consider this. Consider this. Like, the depth of intimacy to which God desires. Right? God is infinite love. Close enough is never close enough for infinite love. He wants to be so close. I mean, we read in the scriptures, God's desire is to divinize us, to unite his nature to our nature. Right? He's been whispering this mystery of his desire for intimacy and union with us throughout the entire corpus of the scriptures, from the, from the marriage in the beginning to the marriage at the end to the, to the iconography, to the symbolism of the, the prophetic writings, the fact that God is identifying himself as the bridegroom, Israel is the bride, Jesus comes as the bridegroom. Right? All of these things, it's God's way of trying to communicate, you have no clue how close I want to be to you. You have no clue how close I want to be to you. I want to dwell with you, to dwell in you, to transfigure you, to transform you, to take the water of your human nature and to elevate it into the wine of glory. Like, I want to make you into a tabernacle, into a monstrance, into another little burning bush, right? On fire but not consumed. Right, what does Jesus say at the Last Supper? He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments and my Father will love him and we will come and we will make our home in him. In him. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you. The Greek verb meno, which means to abide, to remain, to dwell within, that verb appears in John's Gospel over and over and over again. It's God's desire for us to abide in this deep union. Like, friends, there, there is no other Christianity besides this. Like, this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the message. That the shocking proposal at the heart of the gospel is that there is a shocking proposal at the heart of the gospel that God comes to you and says, will you let me in? Will you consent? Will you let me join myself to you and for you to join yourself to me and for us to be united now and into eternity? 
Like, none of us will be asked, none of us will be asked to, to recapitulate this, singular, this singularly unique role that Mary had, right? Gestating, forming, literally forming his body within her womb, nursing him at her breast. None of us are being asked to do that, just in case there's any confusion. Okay. Nevertheless, though, nevertheless, it is true that every single one of us was made to open our hearts to him to allow him to grow within my own humanity to the point where, where we could say, like what St. Paul says, it's, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's St. Paul, who last time I checked is a man, <laughs> who doesn't have a womb, who never got pregnant, and yet here's St. Paul literally saying the words that our Blessed Mother is saying. Christ dwells in me, he says. Those are either the words of a madman, the words of a pregnant woman, or the words of a mystic. Right? Paul, who's saying, in my heart, not in some mushy-gushy, ethereal way, but no, like, in my heart, Christ has been implanted. That encounter with him on the road to, uh, to Damascus, he met the person. Jesus got access to the deepest parts of Saul's heart, and Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, began to affect and change and grow within Saul so that Saul becomes Paul. So that when people met Paul, it was like they were meeting Jesus. When they heard Paul preaching, it was like they were hearing Jesus preach, which is what Jesus said. He said, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever hears you, hears me. Whoever receives you not, rejects me. Like, do you, do, you see, do you see how this works? Do you see the, the sort of nesting doll, beautiful logic in all of this? Like, Mary nurtured him through her daily life and through her daily tasks and through her daily loves and all of it. All of that is true of us. Like, he's formed in us. Not through separate heroic moments, but he's formed in us precisely in our daily living, in our daily tasks, in our vocations, in our love. He's, he's gestating, growing the divine life within us as we open ourselves to him more and more, as we receive him continuously in the sacraments, as we hear his word and let him in. Like through our own vulnerability to him, he's getting closer and closer. Like when people encountered Paul, like something in their hearts leapt for joy, just like Elizabeth and John the Baptist leaping for joy in Elizabeth's womb in the presence of the hidden Christ. Like, like when people met St. John Paul II, that's what happened. Like it was like meeting Jesus. It was like coming into the presence of Jesus. Like there are people that I know, like incredibly holy people. They're not holy simply because they've got all of their act together. They're holy because they are incredibly vulnerable before the heart of Jesus. And it's like coming into their presence, it's like something in me leaps for joy in front of them. Friends, the womb, we say blessed is the fruit of your womb. The womb is so important to us as Catholics. It's the most sacred space. The womb is the icon, the physical concrete icon of the heart. Only half the population has a physical womb. 
But every single one of us has a heart. And I don't mean like the muscle that's pumping blood in your body right now. I mean that deepest center. Right? God created these spaces in our humanity, empty spaces that are waiting to be filled by another. Like that's what a womb is. It's an empty space that exists in you, my dear sisters, that's not there for you. It's there to welcome and house another. And that's what our hearts are. Our hearts are our places that are meant to welcome and hold others there in love. That's what the heart is. So friends, I think so often we get Advent wrong when we think it's about preparing for him to be born. I've said this before. That's not what Advent is. That's not what Christmas is. We're not celebrating merely a birthday. Like Advent, it's with, with all of this, right? With, with the songs, the liturgy, the, the beauty of this season. What all of this is trying to do, like Holy Mother Church is trying to get each of us every year like in the right posture, to, to let down our defenses, to let down the walls, to open our hearts again and again and again, to maneuver us into this posture of vulnerability and docility so that we would let him in. This posture of openness that Jesus again would be conceived in me. Friends, in the end, this faith of ours, it's, it's unbelievably simple in this sense that it's, it just it conduces down to God asking his creature, You, me, all of us. Just the one question of, will you let me in? Will you let me in? Will you let me get close? Will you be vulnerable to me? Will you unlock the doors of your interior life, especially those places that nobody else gets to see or know about? Like, will you let me be part of everything with you? Will you let me in? Because the thing that God knows about our hearts that we struggle with sometimes is God knows that like, it's not good for our hearts or any part of our hearts to be alone. He said that in the beginning to Adam. It is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for any part of your heart to be alone, to exist in isolation. Which is why he says, will you let me in? So friends, as we have just a few more hours before we enter into our celebration of Christmas, I just want to invite us, maybe throughout the rest of this Mass, to let us enter in deeply, to let our hearts be open and disposed, to let him in, to let him in.